News Weekly is an ad-free, listener-supported podcast made possible by teammates like Judith Stutz, Leonard Trainer, Peter Garnick, Peter Lawler, Adrian Muller, John Herrick, Margaret Eve Dunlop, and hopefully you. Just go to patreon.com slash Sammy Shah, that's S-A-M-I-S-H-A-H, to support the podcast, where you can access my regular book, TV, movie, and podcast recommendations, short stories I've written or excerpts from a novel I'm writing, or long, unhinged rants about whatever's bothering me now and then. That's www.patreon.com slash Sammy Shah, S-A-M-I-S-H-A-H. I'll see you there. Top stories of the week. The Queen is still dead. Also, remember Ukraine? Yeah, that's still happening apparently. This is News Weekly. Hello, I'm Sammy Shah and welcome to News Weekly, where we punch the news in the headlines weekly. Maybe we can just leave all the Aussie journalists over there forever, news now. Whether you're drowning in a flood in Pakistan, fighting to recover territory from the Russians in Ukraine, or generally trying to figure out how you'll survive in the continuing economic and climate collapse we're living through, shut the fuck up. No one cares, the Queen is dead, and that's the only thing news channels give a shit about anymore. The funeral proceedings for Queen Elizabeth II are continuing, with the Queen's body currently lying in a coffin in Westminster Hall ahead of his burial on Monday. In London, the queue to bear witness and pay respects to the former monarch has now grown to seven kilometres. Thousands of Britishers are paying respect to the Queen in the most British way possible. No, not by putting more vinegar on their chips, but by standing in a queue. Except, now the line is so long, the people at the back will most likely get to the front just in time to catch the burial of King Charles III whenever he dies. So, what do you get to do after standing in line for 10 hours or more? Visitors will have to go through airport-style security. Once they're in Westminster Hall, the rules state they must behave respectfully, dress appropriately and maintain silence. They won't be able to bring food, drink or leave tributes such as flowers, candles or toys. Phone use and photos are banned too, so selfies are out. Banners, flags, advertising or marketing material will be confiscated. The guidelines also restrict spray paint, padlocks, chains and even climbing gear. Basically, the British aren't allowed to behave the way the British tend to behave whenever they go anywhere outside Britain. What's worse is if you're standing in queue, not only do you have to deal with the notoriously bad London weather, possible hunger and exhaustion and the calls of nature, but also being interviewed by one of the several thousand journalists Australia has sent to cover the funeral. And the people from Australia, they asked us, another news crew, do we need anything? French TV crew, do we need anything? Everybody's just been incredibly kind and generous. Thank you very much, Anne, and all the best. Enjoy your dinner. Oh, thank you so much. I think it's some kind of noodle. Let the poor old lady eat her some kind of noodle, Michael Rowland. 
Sky News has sent four presenters. Channel 9 has sent seven. Channel 7 has sent six. Channel 10 has sent four. And the ABC has sent basically a small army. Along with each team of presenters, whose job it is to describe that which can literally be described just as easily by one person sitting in a studio in Australia watching a Reuters or AP live feed, along with them is also a small army of producers and production engineers. At this point, the British must be wondering if they're being invaded by Australia, or at the very least, be quite embarrassed for us. The worst part is the ABC, which has sent 27 staffers to the UK for wall-to-wall coverage of people standing in queues. That's 27 people on the taxpayer dime, while journalists and freelancers within and outside the ABC have been repeatedly told there's no budget for good investigative stories. When I did my own documentary series for the ABC, I paid for all the local travel out of my own pocket because they told me they didn't have money for taxis. But apparently they can fly radio presenters to London business class so they can tell us what it's like over there. You're on radio. Just stand on a Melbourne road and speak in a posh British accent and claim it's London. We won't know the difference. So now that we've sent over some of Australia's biggest royalist sycophants, what kind of hard-hitting news stories are they bringing us? Well, what about this one from London Scabbies, who maybe one time spotted a royal? Who'd you say? The Queen? Yeah. Yeah, lovely. Just waved at us. Uh, Andrew as well. Prince Andrew. Harry. See Harry? Another one saw Diana in a convertible. And she waved at me at the lights by Paddington on Bishopsbridge Road. Give me a thumbs up with a baseball cap on and waved at me. That's great. One saw a princess before she died in 1997, and the other saw a prince who hung out with Jeffrey Epstein on his pedophile island and had to be protected from prosecution by British authorities because he was so obviously guilty. Don't worry, there's also this hard-to-get interview. The Queen will be remembered for many things, including her overwhelming love for corgis. Sometimes they misbehaved. Mm. (laughs) And the man who was called in when they did was corgi specialist Dr Roger Mumford. Doctor, good morning to you. And this straight to Twitter Google Maps walkthrough. One of my favourite bits of London, between the Foreign Office and the other part of the Foreign Office. Parliament's that way, down the streets that way. The procession of the coffin and the royal family will be coming down that street there. Still, it's an important moment. The Queen's centrality to Britain and the Commonwealth cannot be understated. While in many respects she was more a figurehead than an active ruler, she did represent a great deal to the British public, a symbol of valued and honoured Western ideals like freedom of speech. Barrister Paul Polesland was confronted by police near Big Ben. He was carrying a blank placard and says he was told he could be arrested if he wrote the words, not my king, on it. And I was really concerned that in this big moment of national mourning that maybe uh, alternative opinions about the monarchy were being a bit squashed by the police. Do you have a strong alternative opinion about the monarchy? I didn't until this week. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like most, a lot of British people last week I was vaguely ambivalent. Um, But really what I've experienced this week has really turned me into a Republican. Okay, well what about the Republican movement here in Australia then? 
A referendum on whether Australia will become a republic or continue paying allegiance to a hilariously outdated anachronism left over from feudal times that can now only be justified in terms of its value as a tourism curiosity was a cornerstone of the Labour Party's election platform. Anthony Albanese's government even swore in an assistant minister for the Republic, a position that provides the MP in that role with an additional $52,750 on top of his backbencher salary of $211,000 already. Now that the Queen has passed away, isn't it the right time to start having that conversation? The Prime Minister has ruled out holding a referendum to make Australia a Republic in his first term in office. Right, of course. Why do it when you'd said you'd do it? That minister drawing an extra 50,000 bucks needs the money, really. It's more of an act of charity. Meanwhile, the Prime Minister has made it clear the debate about Australia becoming a republic is tabled until his government's second term, because Australians love voting for a government that's broken its promises. Meanwhile, there's a new king in town, with King Charles III giving his first speech to Parliament. As I stand before you today, I cannot help but feel the weight of history which surrounds us and which reminds us of the vital parliamentary traditions to which members of both houses dedicate yourselves with such personal commitment for the betterment of us all. Parliamentary traditions like making sure that the king doesn't have to pay the 40% inheritance tax that all his subjects are, well, subject to. Not that it's a lot of money. I mean, he only inherited, let's, let's see over here, um, an estimated 15.2 billion pounds of estates and assets, which would have come to a measly 6 billion, 80 million pounds in taxes. Luckily, the UK isn't facing, you know, say, a cost of living crisis and possible recession. It's not just the level of inflation that's worrying, but the staggering speed at which it's risen. Just last year, there were warnings that inflation was too low at below 1%. Remember that the Bank of England's target is 2%. It's now shot up to nearly 10%. And it's the poorest who will be hit hardest. Some analysts warn we're seeing all the ingredients for a recession. Although officially inflation is at 9%, when you break it down by income group, inflation for the poorest tenth of the population has actually risen to nearly 11%. Oh well, at least in this time of upheaval, there is one thing that can bring together Australians and Britishers alike, and that is their insane fucking obsession with hating Meghan Markle. This time, the subject of the media's ire was her and Harry holding hands during the funeral procession, which resulted in a body language expert, Louise Marler, giving this statement on Channel 7. The hand-holding in Westminster Hall was the strangest thing I've ever seen. Which is weird, because the strangest thing I've ever seen is a grown-ass person describing themselves as a body language expert and then not being bodily thrown out of the nearest fucking window. Putin it to Putin news now. Despite British demands, the rest of the world continues to happen. Disrespectfully, really. Remember the war in Ukraine? You know, that war that would probably need to cast a black Zelensky now just to get people to pay attention to it again? Well, the Ukrainians are kicking ass. 
And it's about time we all paid attention again. In five days, thousands of Ukrainians have been liberated after months of Russian occupation. Well, over the last few months, Ukraine seemed to be planning to liberate the Kherson region in the south. So Russia deployed its troops and weapons to that region. And sure enough, Ukraine started an attack over there. But then, while Russia was focused on that region in the south, Ukraine started a whole other attack in the Kharkiv region. An attack that was so successful, the Russians retreated, leaving large swaths of territory to the Ukrainians. It is so badass, I don't even have any jokes. I mean, just listen to the freed Ukrainians. We thought we would never see them. And then our boys came. And they were so handsome. When the Ukrainian forces came in, we honestly didn't expect it. When I saw our Ukrainian soldiers with the Ukrainian flag, oh, it was great. It's been such a huge shock to Russians that open criticism of Putin is now actively increasing in Russian media. Deputies from 18 municipal districts in Moscow and St. Petersburg have now signed a petition demanding Putin's resignation, calling his actions, quote, detrimental to Russia's and its citizens' future. All 18 of those officials are expected to accidentally fall out of windows in the next few days. In fact, it's not just Putin's enemies. His friends are dying at an alarming rate too, making proximity to Putin one of the highest causes of death in Russia behind alcoholism and driving on Russian roads. New today, another Russian oligarch has mysteriously died. There's now at least 10 prominent Russian businessmen who have died since the war in Ukraine started. And it's not just enemies or those who've spoken out against Vladimir Putin. Even his friends and former allies are meeting in untimely death. A number of these guys have met sort of mysterious but coincidental deaths, right? They cannot be investigated. One fell off of a fishing boat in the North Sea. Uh, another one suffocated spontaneously, uh, although there were signs of a stroke. We had another one, uh, and this was my favorite, who fell out of a hospital room where he was getting treatment to his death. Maybe Putin just thinks that's how you get good luck. You know, like in Pakistan, if you're having bad luck, it's common to sacrifice a goat. It's not because Pakistanis hate goats, goat meat is expensive, and you distribute the meat to poor people, and that act of charity is supposed to bring good luck. Similarly, maybe Putin believes he has to sacrifice an oligarch if he's having bad luck, and then the oligarch's money will be distributed to Putin's bank accounts, and that'll obviously bring him good luck. I mean, if you're Putin, it almost worked. President Volodymyr Zelensky has been involved in a car accident. A passenger car collided with the presidential vehicle and his escort in Kiev. The president was uninjured, although the driver of the vehicle was taken to hospital. I'm telling you, this stuff is science. If Putin throws a few more oligarchs out of hospital windows, who knows how his luck might change. That's it for this week's edition of News Weekly. As always, if you can support the podcast, please head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review for the podcast. It really helps with all the metrics and all the recommendations and all of that stuff. Also, my Audible Crime Noir series is still available for listening over on audible.com.au slash the Mist. That's M-I-S-S-E-D. It's a full cast production set in a small country town in Western Australia. It's about refugees confronting their worst nightmare and the fallout that the town has to deal with. It has had many reviews and ratings already over on Audible, all of which have left it with a 4.5 out of 5 star overall rating. So it is good. It's not just me saying it, it's all the other people who've heard it as well saying it as well. 
So please head over to audible.com.au slash The Mist. If you aren't a member of Audible, you can sign up now and get a two-month free trial membership. Listen to The Mist and then, I don't know, maybe cancel the membership. How you live your life is your business. I'm no one to tell you. Otherwise, I'll see you right back here next week on News Weekly, where we punch the news in the headlines weekly. Weekly.